Have you met my Lord Jesus? Do you know my Lord Jesus? The street preacher on the corner of Bourbon Street in New Orleans cried out as my old high school friends and I strolled through the French Quarter on our way to the riverfront for Saturday morning coffee and donuts. We were all home from college for the summer. Have you met my Lord Jesus? Do you know my Lord Jesus? He cried it out again, over and over again. That was many decades ago, but the question has never left me. It's an important question, both to ask and to answer. This is what I've been doing over the past year up in Delaware. I've been diving into Bible stories about Jesus over and over again, imagining what it would be like to be one of the first disciples, walking with him, following his instructions, listening to his teachings, eating a meal with him, running away from him and leaving him alone to die, wondering who has stolen his body, and then resurrection seeing him alive, but in a new way, touching the wounds in his hands and side, listening to him call out from the shore, obeying, listening to him again, receiving his forgiveness and receiving his pleas to tend and feed his lambs. I've been doing this because somewhere along the way this past year, I discovered that many church people don't know the stories about the grown-up Jesus and what he said and did. They know all about baby Jesus, born in a manger, and they sing numerous praise songs and hymns about his death that saves us from our sins, but there can be a big gap between baby Jesus and the Jesus on the cross. And my intention has been to fill in this gap. Since the early days of the church, Christians have found that one of the best ways to get to know Jesus is to imagine ourselves into the Jesus stories as if we were there. Which character are we and how are we feeling? What is it like to arrive at the entrance to that empty tomb and find your murdered leader's body gone? What does the risen Jesus look like when he's sitting at a table with us, breaking bread? Jesus, but not looking like the old Jesus. What's it like to be a tired fisherman at the end of a night of throwing nets, having caught nothing? to have a stranger call out and tell you to keep on fishing when all you want to do is go home and sleep. It's important to meet Jesus. It's important to know our Lord Jesus. It's important 
because we church people believe and declare that the very being, nature, and character of the creator of the sun, moon, and stars, creator of every leaf on a tree, blade of grass, stream of water, flower, bird, bug, reptile, fish, and mammal, including us human mammals, this creator God is shown to us clearly in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Through his birth as a human being, in the words he spoke, the non-violent healing actions he took, through his humble death and his victorious rising up out of death, the divine creator is shown to be humble, healing, compassionate, and loving, forgiving, longing for peace, longing for us, us to turn back to her, delighting in us, weeping over us, suffering with us and for us when we suffer. Yet even though we have said down through the ages that Jesus is this true revelation of the Creator God, and that by knowing Jesus we can know the Creator, We've often forgotten this, worshiping false gods instead. In study after study of contemporary Christians in the U.S., the majority of people, when asked to describe their image of God, imagine an old man in a white robe with a long white beard sitting on a cloud in the sky. True, this is true. He habitually throws down lightning bolts on people who displease him. He is stern, unsmiling, critically shaming, judgmental, and generally wishing that he'd never created us. He requires a bloody death and punishment from somebody in order to relent and forgive all of the sins and evil actions that routinely take place on this earth. This God is powerful and violent. It's no accident that the Latin word for God is deus, which translated into Greek is Zeus. Many Christians today unknowingly worship the Greek God Zeus instead of the loving Abba parent made known to us through Jesus. That's why it's important to meet Jesus, to know Jesus as deeply and as often as we can through scripture, through prayer, and through the actions and words of loving, peace-receiving, peace-making, Christ-like people. This year has been a year of unprecedented violence in our country. Killings of unarmed people of color, increased gun violence on the streets, mass shootings. Zeus must be pleased. I remember taking a morning walk one spring day after the mass shooting at the FedEx plant in Indianapolis. Nine people dead, seven injured, many of them Sikhs from the community. As I walked, I encountered other people, strangers and neighbors, who looked as somber as I felt. 
When the killing goes on and on and on in supermarkets and salons, on porches and in front yards, in movie theaters and sports arenas, people buying food, performing their jobs, attending concerts, walking down the street, driving their cars, learning their ABCs in school. It breaks my heart. Where is our nonviolent Abba God now in the midst of all this? Has Jesus gone AWOL? It sometimes seems as if this false Zeus God has filled the world with punishment, judgment, bloody death, and a worldwide cycle of violence that can never be stopped. We see this false Zeus God in those who fear others, blame others, judge others, hate others, and kill others. We see this false God in ourselves. Remember that the Greek gods had a reputation for being weak heavenly beings, mirroring the human world below. They often resorted to violence in both word and deed in order to protect their interests and get their way. This false God has been around for a long time in our country. In 1845, Frederick Douglass, former runaway slave turned famous orator, writer, abolitionist, and statesman, wrote these words at the end of his autobiography. What I have said respecting and against religion I mean strictly to apply to the slaveholding religion of this land and with no possible reference to Christianity proper. For between the Christianity of this land and the Christianity of Christ, I recognize the widest possible difference, so wide that to receive the one as good, pure, and holy is of necessity to reject the other as bad, corrupt, and wicked. To be the friend of the one is of necessity to be the enemy of the other. I love the pure, peaceable, and impartial Christianity of Christ. I therefore hate the corrupt, slave-holding, women-whipping, cradle-plundering, partial and hypocritical Christianity of this land. Slave-holding Christianity still exists today in our land in a different guise, and there Zeus reigns. But I remember back to that morning last April as I took that morning walk It was just one mass shooting too many, as if even one shooting isn't one too many. I was full of grief, but I also saw Jesus that day in a TV newscast on an Indianapolis station. I saw and heard Jesus in the words of Vanessa Waters, whose partner was present at the shooting as she stood outside the FedEx facility praying passionately, we ask you to continuously wrap your arms around these people that have been affected, dear Heavenly God. We ask that you keep them comforted, dear Heavenly God. They need you. And then she added, we also ask for a special prayer 
Dear God, for the person, the individual that committed this crime, dear Heavenly God, we ask a special prayer for his family, dear Heavenly God, and for his soul that he can rest. We need you. Wrap your arms around us, dear God. We need you, dear Heavenly God. Jesus, we need you. A beloved daughter of God praying to her Abba, interceding for both the victims and for the perpetrator. I also watched a father of a FedEx employee break down in tears. He said that while he'd found out that his own son was safe, he was in pain for all those lost. I just want everybody to love each other, that's all. That's it, he said through his tears. There's no need for this, he added. I want people to love each other. Words spoken by a man who was seeing people as God sees them. Loving people as God loves them. Weeping over the pain and suffering that we too often inflict upon ourselves and one another. Our Creator God, the God of Jesus Christ, still comes to us in the presence of peace-receiving, peace-making, non-violent, loving, Christ-like people. As Jesus told his first disciples, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. In evangelical church language, we would say that these are people who have met Jesus, who know Jesus, who have received Jesus into their hearts. And how about you? Will you love and serve our merciful and loving creator whose spirit commands us to feed sheep and lambs in our broken world? This God does not throw down thunderbolts in order to kill. This God invites us when we are tired and weary, when our best efforts have failed, when we are ready to give up, to come and sit by the fire a while and have some breakfast. This God knows our strengths, our weaknesses, rejoices when we rejoice, weeps when we weep, forgives us when we mess up, and encourages us to keep going, just as he did Peter. This God loves us thoroughly and without conditions. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the Jesus who meets us in scripture. This is the Jesus we know, and who knows us better than we know ourselves. Come, Brother Jesus, come into our hearts and make us whole. Amen. Amen.